Welcome to Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. My name is Marjorie Frymouth. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am excited that you are here. And I usually like to jump in with a little bit of travel-related things or updates that are going on in my own life. Of course, all of that is very different now or, you know, has been very different for the past year and a half. But I am still planning my cross-country road trip. The first part will be with my parents. I know I mentioned this in a previous episode. We're driving um, first to Minnesota and then to Maine for a couple of family reasons. So that will be super fun. Um, As I I got into in in the previous episode, it has the whole other added layer of COVID and the Delta variant and all of that, but we're not going to get into that right now because we have to do this trip, like I said, for family reasons, so it's going to happen. We're going to be as safe as possible, and I'm just trying to focus on the excitement and everything that I'm looking forward to because it's been such a long time since I have seen America, Um, since I've seen other parts of my country, and I'm really looking forward to that and just the whole road trip vibe. My whole family is very much of the mentality that like, oh, that looks like a really cool diner or national park or, you know, fun thing over there that we want to go see. Like, let's go turn down that road and check it out. So I'm really excited for all of the spontaneity and fun things that we're going to see. And then after we get to Maine, we're kind of parting ways and they will continue their road trip back across country doing the VW bus thing that they love so much. So that'll be awesome for them. And I am going to make my own way back across country to Colorado. I previously bought an Amtrak pass because it was on sale. So I have this Amtrak pass that can get me like 10 uh, sections of a journey, like 10 different tickets basically. Um, if I use it within a certain amount of time. So I'm going to be spending quite a bit of time on trains, which I am very excited for because I love train travel. And I'm just going to be kind of winding my way back across the U.S., stopping to see friends and family that I haven't seen in years, uh, some cities that I've never been to before, and just kind of reveling in that you know, American culture that it's been such a long time since I've experienced. And again, obviously the pandemic will factor into where I go and the things that I do, but I'm still really excited for it. And of course, I will keep you guys completely updated and posted on everything that I am doing. So that is going to kick off in just a couple weeks from now as I'm recording this. So I do have a little bit of nervousness just because I haven't planned anything yet. And that's fine. I think it's totally fine to travel without a plan. Um, I do enjoy spontaneity, but I'm at the point right now where I know I'm getting to Maine because I'm getting to Maine with my family. Once I get there, I don't know what's happening. And I kind of feel like I can't plan it uh, just because everything is so up in the air with the world and the country right now regarding like what cities are experiencing surges of the Delta variant and like where I can and should and shouldn't go and things like that. And so I like I need to plan it. I need to start mapping out my route and everything. But I just feel like this, it's very overwhelming um, compared to traveling at other times. And also, I'm actually curious to know if any of you have experienced this. For me, I'm very confident planning trips and traveling in other countries. Um, 
obviously, <laughs> I've been doing this for a while, that doesn't bother me at all, like booking train tickets or bus tickets and, you know, hotels and hostels and things to do in other countries, totally fine. But for some reason, I'm much less confident in terms of traveling in the U.S. And partly it's because the infrastructure is not as easily navigable. I hope that's the right part of speech. Navigatable? No, navigable? I don't know. I might have just made up a new word. Not as easy to navigate as it is in other countries. You know, like our, I love Amtrak. I love Amtrak to pieces. I think it's fantastic. But in general, like our trains and our buses and all of that are not as convenient as in many other countries. So there's that added layer. Like America is very much a car driven country. And to be honest, uh, I haven't driven a car in about five years. So I'd rather avoid that if possible. I, I tried it out a couple weeks ago when I first came back. Um, I drove a car here, and it was not exactly like riding a bicycle. It didn't quite come back as comfortably as I hoped it would. So we're going to table the whole driving thing right now and try to make it back just on um, public transportation and things like that. But we'll see how that goes. I might might have to rent a car or something. Who knows? But I will keep you fully updated on that road trip, uh, cross-country road trip in the U.S. So that is happening very shortly. But today... We are talking about exercise and specifically exercise and physical activity and movement and all of that when you are living in another country because that is very different than exercising while you're traveling and I really want to talk about that in a later episode but first I need some experience with that. Um, I've only recently in the past year or so gotten into a routine of like my workout that I do multiple times a week. And so I, because it's been so long since I've traveled because of the pandemic, I don't really have experience trying to maintain um, fitness levels while I'm traveling. So Give me some time to have experience with that, possibly on this cross-country road trip, and we will definitely do an episode about that in the future. But this is about uh, exercise when you are living in another country, you move to a new place, and you want to maintain your workout routine, or you want to find something new and exciting in this new country, because we all know that physical activity gives you endorphins. Endorphins are wonderful, so finding ways that you can be active in any area of your life is awesome. I'm a big fan of that. And it's also fun when you can have that experience in another country because, of course, there are culturally, uh, there are cultural variations in how people exercise and what that looks like. There are also different things you can do in different countries, different norms of the way people are active. So we're going to get into all of that right now. I also want to say, first of all, that Exercise is probably not going to be your first priority when you move to another country, and that is totally fine and normal. And I'm not, you know, putting out this episode to say, like, you must work out, you must maintain your physical fitness. Absolutely not. When you move, I mean, there are, there is so much else going on in your life. There's so much culturally and emotionally and adapting, and maybe you just don't feel like it, and that's totally fine. But if you do have a routine that you, you know, would like to maintain at some point, or you do feel like branching out and trying something new, this is for you. But you know, exercise has never been my main focus when I move to a new place. It's usually something that I, factor in or incorporate like months into the process after having moved. Um, And I found different ways to do it. And I 
very closely associate all the different things that I've done um, in terms of working out or different workout routines with different places that I've lived. So just to give you a little bit of a background on that, I've never considered myself a very athletic person. I think my experience with team sports peaked at about uh, peewee basketball in third grade. Since then, I, I haven't really been up to much in the sports arena, although We did play beach volleyball a few times in the Czech Republic, and I very much enjoyed that. Beach volleyball in the Czech Republic, you might be asking yourself. Yes, we did have some sandy courts down by the reservoir in the town that I lived in, so we did play beach volleyball on occasion, and that was very fun. So that's just sort of my first piece of advice. I wasn't planning on mentioning this, but you can find the most random team activities in any country and they can be a blast um, and a great way to get some movement in. So seek those out. Um, You might find yourself playing beach volleyball in a landlocked country. But also in the Czech Republic, I was introduced to TRX. That was the first time I'd ever heard of that. A friend recommended it at the local gym, so I went with her um, and I was completely blown away. I remember I could not move the next day at all, but I kept going. I really liked TRX. That was the first sort of exercise thing that I was really into, and I kept doing it actually when I moved to Taiwan after that. I found a gym nearby, and they had TRX classes, so I started going to those, and it was a really cool transition between two very different countries and places that I'd lived that I could maintain that thing that I had gotten hooked on in one place and continue to sustain it in the next place, even though it had nothing to do you know, with either country that I lived in specifically. And I will say, exercise classes in a foreign language are an experience. Um, There's that added level of, you know, especially if you don't really speak the language at all or to a very small degree, there's that added level of nervousness where you're trying to intensely watch the teacher, the trainer, and all of the other people in the class to figure out what it is that you're supposed to be doing and how long you're supposed to be doing it. So you do definitely learn your numbers very, very fast in a foreign language if you are attending an exercise class. Um, And you'll be especially proficient at learning how to count backwards because that is usually how they count down the exercises is counting backwards. So uh, I definitely solidified my numbers in Czech and in Mandarin Chinese through the TRX classes that I was taking. So hey, added benefit. There's a language component. A lot of fun. And then also in Taiwan, um, after I sort of dropped the TRX over time. You know, things go through phases. I've <laughs> I very rarely maintained the same activity for years and years on end because um, I get bored and I switch up to something new. So also when I was in Taiwan, I took up running for one of the first times in my life. I did the couch to 5K um, and that was really cool because that was the first time that I sort of had my own routine in the same way that like a local would or, you know, a person living in their own country. Every day after work, I would go and run down by the riverside with all of the other joggers. And then once I completed the Couch to 5K program, I did a couple of races in Taiwan, which was really fun. Again, that's a whole other cultural experience doing something like that. And then I kept pushing myself and did a 10K And I also did the Taipei 101 run up. 
So if you are not aware, which I definitely was not at the time, um, running up tall buildings is an activity that people do. Um, It's a race. I don't know if you'd call it a sport, but it's a thing that people do. And so Taipei 101 is a very tall building. It was the tallest building in the world for a couple of years, uh, way back in like 2010 or something like that. And so every year they do the Taipei 101 run-up, which is part of a series of races around the world, and you quite literally run up the stairs of the building. <laughs> um, I ran up the first few flights of stairs and then dragged myself up the rest, but it was a really, really cool experience and not something that I had ever done before. Um, so conquering that felt really good. And it's just like a unique thing to have done more so than a race, even though the other races were a blast also. But the Taipei 101 run up was really special. You get to the top and you get, you know, your towel and your water bottle and all that stuff. And then you get this amazing view. You're on top of this, um, tallest building in the city. You have a fantastic view. And yes, they let you take the elevator back down so you don't have to go down the stairs as well. And then finally, this past year in Taiwan is where I took up weightlifting, which I don't like the term weightlifting because I feel like it conjures up sort of a different image than what I do. Uh, But yeah, lifting weights, doing all of that stuff. I really love that. That's something I've maintained for about a year so far, and I definitely plan to keep doing it. But that was something that I discovered in Taiwan. I joined a gym for probably the first time in my life and started doing that there. And so I can't speak for certain because Taiwan is really the only place I've gone to the gym. But I believe the gym experience is very similar around the world. So if you are a person who enjoys going to the gym, always has a membership, you know, you have your favorite routines or machines or all of that. That is definitely something to seek out in another country because it will probably feel very, very familiar to you in terms of what's available and just the whole vibe and the routine and all of that. Of course, there are variations. I read articles and people's blog posts about different machines that exist in gyms around the world and and how there are things you can find in some places that don't exist in other countries. So there will likely be variation, but I think just that whole gym experience is very similar wherever you go. And another benefit of any kind of activity or workout is that it can help you meet people in another country. I mean, if you're going for solo runs like I was for a while, that that might not help you meet people. But any kind of like team sport or group class or, you know, just going to a gym, you can run into people, you can strike up conversations, make friendships, connections, all of that. So that's definitely an added benefit of setting up a workout routine or an activity in another country. All right, here are some specific suggestions for exercising in a foreign country. Number one, the easiest, walk. (laughs) Um, It's a fantastic way to see the new place that you live, explore the city, or if you're in a more rural environment, you know, see the landscape, all of that. So it is definitely that... um, two birds with one stone, two things for the price of one. I can't think of the the phrases right now, but you are getting physical activity and you are seeing your new home in a different way. Also, in terms of things that we do regularly throughout our lives, like walking, biking, city bikes. Again, if you have moved to a big city, there's probably a city bike program. 
I heavily relied on this in Taipei. The U-bikes were just fantastic. I biked everywhere if it was too far to walk, and also sometimes if it wasn't too far to walk because I just preferred biking. So walking and biking, physical activity, plus exploring your new place, highly, highly recommend. Also, if you have to commute, like if you've moved for school or for a job, you might consider walking or biking for that as well instead of driving or taking public transport, just because, again, it's exercise, but you'll also see more of the city. And you'll probably save some money as well. So suggestion number two, find a form of movement or exercise that has a cultural tie-in. This is what I really love, is not just doing a regular workout in a different country, but doing something that is culturally um, significant or traditional to that country. So for example, like yoga or traditional dance forms or self-defense arts from that country, whether it's like karate or judo or wherever you are. I mean, so many different things exist around the world. Um, In Taiwan, there are a lot of like Tai Chi and that sort of slow movement activity. Granted, that is mostly for elderly people. They do it in the park in these large groups, but I'm sure they would welcome anybody. Uh, For example, also in Taiwan, dragon boat racing is really big, especially in the springtime, uh, summertime, springtime, when it's dragon boat festival. So a lot of people I know joined dragon boat teams, and that is intense. Like it's not just not just paddling a boat. That is like very intense training and practice and um, waking up very early in the morning to do your team practices and everything. So things like that where you're working out, you're meeting people, and you're doing something that will give you a deeper insight into the culture. So cool. Three different things at once. I love it. Um, Also, outdoor activities. This can definitely vary depending on where you are. It might be more available in a rural environment, but I lived in Taipei, a city of 7 million people, and I was still able to go hiking regularly. So, you know, hiking or swimming or whatever is available, just really explore your environment. And as I mentioned, I did want to note the cultural considerations because what is considered normal, what you might see frequently in other countries can vary wildly depending on where you are. Um, The first would be like attire. What do you wear when you exercise? You want to be conscious of that um, depending on where you are. And of course, you're you're probably already going to know this if you spent um, any time in the country that you've moved to. But like if you're in a Muslim country, things are probably more conservative in terms of what you wear even when you're exercising. And just cultural norms can differ regardless of religion or anything like that as well. For example, in Taiwan, gym wear, gym clothing was... I want to say a little bit more on the conservative side. Um, I didn't see many women wearing like the the crop top, bikini top, legging kind of combos that I see at least at least on Instagram a lot. I don't know if anyone actually wears those in real life. Again, I haven't really been to a gym in America in a very long time. Um, But women would typically wear like baggy T-shirts or maybe tank tops. But again, like very full coverage, no crop top, nothing like that. So just be aware of that when you are considering your exercise activities in another country. 
And then also the climate. The climate could be wildly different from what you're used to, and that could heavily impact what you do. I know when I was running in Taiwan, I was always doing it late at night when it was a little bit cooler. One time I had some free time in the afternoon and I was like, hey, I'll go for a run. And I almost passed out because it was summertime. It was probably like 110 degrees in the direct sun. It was humid. It was just not something that was possible, and it didn't even occur to me because I wasn't used to that climate at that point. I didn't think like, hey, maybe 12 noon is not a great time to go for a run by the riverside. So you may have to adapt your normal routine to fit that different environment. You know, whether you're a morning exercise person or an evening exercise person, um, just be aware of how the climate can impact what you are actually able to do in that country. Like I said, uh, the outdoor Tai Chi classes for elderly folks in Taiwan, those always happen very early in the morning or very late at night. You don't see that in the midday. It's, it's just not possible. So those are just a couple of things to keep in mind when you are considering what kind of workout or exercise or movement. I like to be all inclusive in my terms. I don't want to assume that everyone is like exercising to exercise. Maybe we're just moving. We're moving our bodies. That's okay. That's why I've been saying so many different terms. But I hope that gave you a brief insight into what you might expect if you are moving to a new place and trying to remain active. There's tons of different things you can do. Again, walk, bike, walk or bike instead of commuting, Um, do some sort of cultural activity that is physically active, do things outdoors, meet new people, all of those things. So you are fully equipped to go take up your exercise routine when you make that move across the world. And so now I want to know, what form of exercise do you prefer? Do you have something that you regularly do? Is it purely exercise-based, like weightlifting or running? Or is it, you know, artsy and, and dance and yoga and all of that? I'm really curious. Have you ever tried it in another country? Have you ever taken anything up in another country? Would you try to maintain that routine in another country? Tell me all of your physical activity and workout things. I'm very, very curious. You can send any of that to goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com or find me on Instagram and Facebook at goingoutyourdoor and on Twitter at goingoutyour. Until next time, happy traveling. This is Going Out Your Door. Your Door.